Welcome to Marx's Voice, bringing you ideas and analysis from Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider. Or visit our website at www.socialist.net where you can donate and subscribe to our paper online and help support us in the struggle for socialism. Today we're going to be discussing uh, with Rob Sewell, who I've got here on the line, um, about the uh, situation inside the Labour Party uh, in the wake of the Labour leadership result. Uh, at the weekend, obviously, uh, Keir Starmer uh, won, Rob. And um, in the last two days already, we've seen the establishment kind of celebrating uh, Keir Starmer's uh, victory. Uh, and we've seen him appoint a shadow cabinet which, where he's gotten rid of a lot, a lot of the left-wingers that were there before. Um, so, you know, how is it that this change has happened, uh, that we've gone from the kind of Corbyn era uh, with, with the left-wing policies and so forth, suddenly to having this, uh, this champion of the establishment uh, in uh, the driving seat? Can you explain a bit about, um, you know, how, how this change has managed to take place in such a rapid space of time? Well, I think, um, first of all, uh, we must say that uh, the victory of um, Keir Starmer was a, a setback for the left in the Labour Party and uh, the uh, Corbyn revolution, to give it a, a term. But I think we need to have a look at the uh, broader perspective, really, um, in order to understand and appreciate what's going on. Because a lot of people out there um, in the party are bewildered, some are very sad, some even threaten to rip up the party cards and leave, you know, in, in frustration about what has happened. But uh, I think we need to take a, a bit of a broader view here. And uh, of course, the Labour Party was established, what, 120 years ago by the trade unions and social societies to represent the interests of the working class in Parliament as opposed to the Tories and the, and the Liberals. Although it wasn't a socialist party, that didn't come about until 1918 with the adoption of Clause 4, Part 4, which uh, was to bring in uh, common ownership of the means of production and do away with capitalism. Now, originally, the, uh, the formation of the Labour Party was created by, by horror from, from the ruling class, and they tried to destroy the Labour Party. They tried to stop uh, the unions funding the Labour Party. Just as incidentally, they tried to stop and, and crush the trade unions uh, at an earlier phase. But they found they couldn't do it, and therefore they had to find some other way of, of managing the situation. So they wanted to control the trade unions, which they managed to do through the leaders, the right-wing leaders, in the same way you want to control the Labour Party through its right-wing uh, leadership and, and, and uh, the right-wing elements in the party itself. And uh, that's what they've been doing, really, uh, right up until uh, 2015. In a sense, it was, uh, you know, they alternated between the Tory party and Labour, Labour government and, and Tory government, like twiddly-dee, twiddly-dum, you know. Yeah. You know, and the, if the, the Tories weren't doing well, but the Labour, you know, the, se the second 11 Labour uh, reformers in power just to clean up the mess. Once they've done, then the Tories could come back in. But that came to an end, 2015, with the election of Jeremy Corbyn as leader, which was a reflection of the enormous change in society uh, coming from the 2008 uh, crisis of capitalism, in effect, the austerity and all the things that happened since that time. 
and uh, the, the party tra was transformed, opened up half a million members. Uh, left policies were brought in for the first time for a long, long period of time. And there was a fundamental change that was taking place. And the ruling class lost control of the Labour Party, the first time, you could say, forever. And um, they, uh, they were extremely alarmed by this because the Labour Party was used by them to, to and you know, they were in a safe hand, safe pair of hands, if you like, in order to, to use it to stabilise the situation, control the, the, the working class in many ways. But they'd lost control, so this was a, a very dangerous president for them. Incidentally, they lost control of the Tory party as well, that's another matter. But um, they never give up in the sense of trying to, to reclaim the party. And Willis Corbyn won a big majority of the membership and, and had support amongst this entirely new membership coming in. Only 10% of the parliamentary Labour Party supported Corbyn. You know, they were uh, the vast bulk of them were left over from the, the Blair period and the early period. They hadn't changed at all. And they were, they were against Corbyn completely. And um, they are the, uh, if you like, the agents, I would say, let's be clear about it, of the ruling class in the Labour Party. They're the safe pair of hands. They want to reclaim control over the Labour Party. And therefore, they started a campaign for the last four and a half years from the word go in order to try and undermine him, discredit him, and drive him out of the leadership, as they tried to do, day in and day out. And, uh, of course, we know the, the history. They, they attempted um, to have uh, this uh, coup against him in 2016, but Corbyn came back with a vengeance, with a bigger majority. Uh, the, the, the party conference was shifted to the, to the left and supported Corbyn. The machine had shifted to the left. Everything seemed to be you know, on a very good trajectory, and lots of people were enthusiastic about this. But, of course, uh, history doesn't move in a straight line, you know. You, you can't uh, accept everything is going to be as it is, as you think it would go. It's a struggle of living forces, and the ruling class weren't prepared to give up uh, the, the Labour Party, and they would fight like hell to get, to get it back. They weren't going to give up because a few people left the Labour Party, but the Balkan stayed with the view of attempting to discredit Corbyn. And they latched on to this idea of anti-Semitism in particular. They blew it out of all uh, proportion. And uh, as a means of a, of, of, as a, as a, as a, as a whip against Corbyn and the, and the left. Unfortunately, as we know, uh, a lot of people capitulated to this. You know? And, uh, you know, the biggest problem, I would say, is that um, was the weakness of the Corbyn leadership. Insofar as he was, I mean, Corbyn himself went through hell, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, in order to maintain his position, he was going into the Parliamentary Labour Party every week in, week out. Was a, was going into a bear pit of, of opposition and uh, intrigue against him. It's incredible how he he, he maintained the, this his position for so long, really. But nevertheless, the only way around this problem was to tackle this issue head on. That is, the Parliamentary Labour Party was completely out of sync from the real membership of the party and only by bringing in democratic reforms that is um, you know automatic uh, reselection of members of parliament were you going to solve this because um, if you don't solve it they were they were going to come back with a vengeance and eventually you know they could turn things around and that's what exactly has happened uh, now you know they, they 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 put everything against corbyn you know because they tried to get rid of corbyn after they thought that they and these Blairites, they've got no scruples. They wanted the, the, the Labour to be defeated in 2017, and they were ready to go for Corbyn's, uh, Corbyn. But uh, he managed to pull it, pull it round, and uh, 
if you remember at the time, you know, the, the opinion polls were against Labour and they were screaming and shouting that he should resign and stand down. And a huge campaign in the media and the capitalist media in order to try and discredit him. But he stuck his guns and in the election, because he went around the country, he managed to turn the situation around and we won the biggest increase in votes since 1945. So they had to bear, you know, they had to, you know, uh, play, a, play a longer game now in order to try and discredit him. But their intention was they had to get, it, get him out. Once they got Corbyn out, then they would start to unwind the Corbyn revolution. That's the way they, they saw it. And, uh, of course, their biggest chance was in December this, of last year, in the general election, where Labour was defeated. They, 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 they exaggerated the defeat, of course. Mm. You, know, we're not ex you know, of course, it was a defeat, and there was the lowest number of seats since 1935, that's true. They were more. They won more uh, votes than in 2005. More votes in 2010. More votes in 2015. And yet, no, this was all forgotten. And then it was. A, this is a disaster. A more, an even a great disaster. And it was painted as a, as something that was as, uh, was uh, was uh, uh, something something fundamental had to had to change. And there was panic after that. Unfortunately, Corbyn was forced into resigning then. And they, they demanded an immediate resignation, the Blairites. They were immediately on the television, howling and screaming, you know, all, all the Blairites, you know, Lord Straw and all the others, you know, the zombies who came out trying to get rid of them. The Night um, of the Living Dead, didn't it look like? They are the Living Dead, yes, in the, politically, anyway, politically. But uh, and in that uh, way, they, they, uh, they created a bit of a stampede. The left was... was, was uh, uh, it was uh, wrong-footed completely, and Starmer, who had been in the shadow cabinet, he was responsible for this shift towards a pro-EU position. He was interested for the second referendum and so on, which damaged the position in the Labour Party. He was responsible, and and unfortunately, the other lefts went along with him as well. And um, he was uh, uh, positioning himself. He got back. He he joined the the chicken coup in 2016, but he came back into the cabinet. Because uh, he was positioning himself for the future, that was quite clear, and that's exactly what it was happening. And the way he was able to put it forward is that he was the unity candidate. You know, he, he was uh, a soft, or a left look. You know, my credentials. You know, and we wouldn't uh, attack the Corbyn legacy, but we shouldn't attack the Blair legacy. He tried to play this middle of the ground, middle middle path sort of position, and there was illusions in, in many. Of the of the membership to try and you know is there any way around the problem we face because I mean, what was the left doing they were they were apologising we apologise for the defeat we apologise for anti-Semitism we apologise they came on very apologetic which gave, gave rise to a lot of confusion I would say in the ranks rather than 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 have a bit of backbone and 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 say what was and say what is the position they they compromised and capitulated and that was the same with with momentum. But also, unfortunately, with uh, with, with uh, John McDonald, who I think is a mm, very mm. very good friend of ours, but he made a, a number of mistakes, and, and so did Jeremy, as a matter of fact. You know, because this idea of compromising that we got to keep the party together—that's just uh, yeah. On this yeah, basis, yeah. they were worked into to pounce, and they did pounce. And it and it seems like that also paved the way for someone like Starmer to come in, and you know, display himself as the unity candidate. You know, it seems to be this kind of vacuous mantra that he's had you know throughout the whole of his campaign and even now you know the first thing he said after he got elected on Saturday was we're going to have unity unity and I imagine that does have a big appeal to a lot of members who have spent you know tireless you know years 
kind of campaigning and and, sure. and all this infighting all you know obviously the Blairites are to blame for that infighting with their sabotage with their intrigues but if you don't explain uh, that 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 those gangsters those renegades are the ones who are to blame for the for the defeat of the election and yes. then obviously the, the the call for unity can be very appealing um, yes. and and it, you see with Starmer that today you know he's announced his full shadow cabinet a lot of it seems to be these kind of slightly innocuous, unknown figures. I personally haven't heard of a lot of them to be myself. Uh, noticeably, there's very few left wingers in there. You know, I think Rebecca Long Bailey has been given a kind of tokenistic position as shadow education secretary. But the rest of them seem to be the right wingers like Rachel Reeves and Lisa Nandy, or these people who are kind of unknown quantities like Annalise Dodds as shadow chancellor. But... At the same time, as I said at the beginning, the establishment have obviously welcomed uh, Starmer, the Progress and Labour First, the Blairite factions. They've actually also celebrated um, uh, Starmer's victory. So what do you think the reality is with Starmer? You know, where does he lie on the spectrum? Who does he really represent? Well, well, you go so down with the shadow cabinet, as you, as you said. I mean, uh, what a slap in the face for the left. I mean, Rebecca Long Bailey, correct me if I'm wrong, got what, 27, 28% of the vote. And there's 32 members of the Shadow Cabinet. So you've got one left winger out of 32. That's, that's the reality of it. And uh, of course, uh, Starmer is attempting to be very, um, play the player's hand very carefully, should we say. Because uh, he knows the only way he could win this uh, position was to, to appease and, and appeal to the left leaning ranks of the Labour Party and therefore the idea that he's going to try and shift very rapidly to the right I think is not the case you know it's not going to be immediate uh, change to Blairism as some people uh, think he's going to be tread very carefully of course he's going to be under pressure and uh, of course he you know they say oh he comes from the, the, the soft left and so on well he comes from the from the far as we can say he's, he's on the right of the party and uh, Basically, he, he was, um, he, you know, he was, he was quite, quite clear that, that uh, you know, uh, this, uh, well, what he had a chance to say, even on the, te on, on the television the other day, well, isn't the Tory government uh, carrying out sort of Corbyn ideas in this massive state intervention and so on? Well, he could have said, yes, that's quite true, but no, didn't want to say anything about Corbyn and so on. A fear of alienating, of course, the Blairites in the party, but he's going to be under enormous pressure to carry out the dictates of capitalism, basically, the, you know, the uh, and, and there's a huge not only the Blairites are going to be uh, you know pushing, but the whole of, of capitalism and the, and, the, and all the apologists of capitalism are going to be talking about he must be you know statesmanlike, which he likes to be, mm -hmm. and he's going to try and push him further and further down this road, and he's made uh, you know ind indications of um, anti-Semitism have to be dealt with and so on, mm -hmm. so to root this out well. You're going to, how is this going to play out? That's what I wonder. How is this going to? Yeah, yeah. You got Lisa Landley. After all, she was been, uh, well, she's been made foreign secretary, and uh, her position was, if Labour doesn't change, then it's going to be the death of the Labour Party. What does that mean? That Labour doesn't change. In other words, do we abandon all the policies? Because that's what they're looking at. But of course, mm -hmm. they they have to tread carefully. They can't do it immediately. They have to test the ground, and there's going to be a battle on. Don't worry. And uh, they're not in a very good position. It's not like. Uh, Kinnock, by the way, in, in, uh, when he came, became leader, and he also was like the unity candidate. They're all mm -hmm. unity candidates. 
because that's as one a way of conning people, you know, and uh, and and we'll see the real, uh, you know, star, the real position as it emerges, and uh, you know, the 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 the, the Blairites are backing him fully because they believe that he he'll be the stalking horse for their victory, you know. Yeah, and you talked about this pressure from the Blairites that they're going to put on him, uh, you know, on behalf of big business, as as it's the Blairites have always done, you know, represented big business inside the Labour Party. And um, you've seen a lot of these big business journals, you know, The Economist, The Financial Times, The Sunday Times, Murdoch owned, obviously. They're all trying to give the marching orders to Starmer. You know, they've been talking about even before he won the, the need for a scorched earth policy, you know, get rid of everyone around Corbyn. And in fact, even this campaign against anti-Semitism, I see they've even called for Corbyn's scalp himself, you know, the actual... Yes you know, get rid of get rid of Corbyn from the Labour Party altogether, you know, uh, basically they're, they're not happy until they, they, they completely eliminate all the remnants of Corbynism. And as you say, they will likely use this, uh, this question of anti-Semitism. So, you know, what, what kind of pressure are the Blairites and the, and the mouthpieces in the, in the press trying to put on uh, Starmer? You know, what, what do they want to see the Labour Party return to? Well, they they want to see the the their body return to the good old days, you know, and uh, and their idol would be would be Tony Blair, you know, and and Gordon Brown, but uh, you know, uh, it's a different period, you know, that uh, Blair and Stone were, had the fortune of being in, in a world upswing, a world boom, if you know. Now we're in the totally different uh, period, but uh, they want to. Well, you've had a purge of the left, you know, Ian Levy's been booted, all all the all the the key lefts have been removed. And uh, of course, if if Corbyn had done that, there would have been uh, hell to play. But of course, uh, this is all good because it represents the interests of capitalism. But there, but uh, Starmer will be under enormous pressure, and he will get, in my opinion, he will test the ground out. He'll, he'll uh, first of all get the shadow cabinet to be under under the grip, and their ideas is pro, pro, pro right wing. Uh, then the machine will be cleared out. And then they'll try and mobilise uh, the right wing in the in the constituencies to try and win the conference over, and that that'll be a big battle in my opinion. And in order to do, to get rid of the policies, like like mm -hmm. uh, Kinnock did, they want to do the same. They hate these policies. They they're too anti-capitalist. They're too pro pro left. They want to, to water them all down, and uh, therefore that's the, that's where the the big battle is going to be in my opinion in, in the Labour Party. And those people who, who think they should leave now, I think they're making a big mistake because the fight is now going to start. It's not. This doesn't mean there's been nothing. You know, uh, I understand that people are going to be disappointed, but you know, the struggle in the labour movement is not a one-off one struggle. You know, if you you know, in the trade unions, we were quite, quite aware that uh, many strikes are defeated. Mm. You know, before maybe when that doesn't mean you know. And uh, what are you supposed to do? Just give up the give up the ghost and go away. No, and uh, the right wing also won victories in the past. You know, the, even trade unions we were told would never be able to go to the left, and we argued no, it, it could go to the left on the basis of the struggle of the working class. We were, you know, it didn't seem possible, but then they shifted to the left. Look, the, the railway workers union is a left wing union, but when it started out as the as the, as the NUR, it was led by Sir Sidney Green, Sir Sidney Green again, and Lord Cooper in the GMB. I mean the whole number of instances where the right wing has just shifted to the left when people say it couldn't be done and couldn't be done. Mm. And he also had the other way around. In the AU, for instance, in, in the Engineering Workers' Union, the left controlled it for a period under Scanlon, and then the right wing uh, uh, were victorious. 
but we didn't say leave the union and get to start your new union. You had, to, you had to continue the fight to win it back. And now you've got Unite, if you like, which are far, far to the left now on the basis of the mm. TNG and the and EAU, uh, you know, joining forces, Amicus and so on, joining forces. So it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's not something that's a one-off thing. Definitely. And Definitely. I believe that this, this, this the, you know, there's all people say, oh, you know, the Labour Party is, is done for... No, 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 no. It's going to be... There's, the Labour Party is going to be transformed, reper-transformed and transformed again on the basis of events. It's events that do it. Mm. Not this or that instance or this or that little defeat. You know, look how, look how fast the situation's changed for the, for the Tory government. Look at how events have changed Definitely. in the last weeks, long months. And we've got the biggest economic crisis of capitalism in the history of capitalism. This yeah, is the definitely. period into a bigger so, I mean, depression than you had in the 1920s and 1930s. And Rob, before, before you go into that, I mean, just to, to, to bring it back to this question, you know, you mentioned this isn't going to be like Kinnock uh, in the 80s, which some people seem to be worried that it will be. Um, I guess the big difference now on the one side is obviously people have got the experience of the last few years to, as a point of reference. We know that you can change the Labour Party. We've also learned a lot of lessons as to the limits of what's possible, you know, in terms of relying on, on compromises and concessions. So there's a, there's a lot of experience there, that, you know, and a lot of these activists who've taken control of CLPs in the last few years, they're not going to just hang up their boots and go home now, I imagine, you know, in my own CLP, I, I know that the branch secretary, the, the, the CLP secretary joined the party in 2015, as did the neighbouring uh, CLP secretary. And these people uh, have, have committed themselves to, to carrying on the fight for, for Corbyn's ideas, Corbyn's policies, and to continue the transformation. So there's that whole mass movement that's been created, that genie that's not going to be put back in the bottle. But the other thing is, the other thing is, as you say, we're in a different period now from the Kinnock era. You know, then it was a period of upswing, but now we're in a period of capitalist crisis. So, how does that change the perspectives in terms of the Labour Party? Well, it's good. That's the whole point. I mean, um, uh, I would say that yeah, people do learn as well. I think there's been a few painful lessons to, which have been learnt. You know, when um, when the right wing get control, they tend to go for the juggler. They don't mess about. They just uh, sweep everybody out. When the left get control, they, they're ambivalent. You know, they want to compromise. They insta- and uh, what a golden opportunity was missed. And that includes the trade union leaders as well. You know, when uh, you know United's policy was was uh, the bringing back of of, of uh, uh, automatic reselection of MPs. And yet, in 2018, when there was a golden opportunity to carry that policy through which would have transformed the entire situation, they failed. And it shows the weakness of, of reformism, if you like, as we call it, an attempt to, 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 uh, to placate, you know, the opposite with a broad church, etc. No, we, we're supposed mm. to be a socialist mm. body. Definitely, we want definitely. to change society. That's the, whole, that's the message. Because the capitalists and those agents don't want it uh, on that line. But I'm afraid, you know, what's going to happen now is that uh, this uh, economic crisis, and there it'll be, it'll be uh, two or three times worse than it was in 2008 and 2009. And that's, a, that's putting it mildly. Mm. We're in, in for the biggest economic crisis capitalism has ever faced. It's going to give rise to enormous austerity, enormous attacks on the working class because of this. Mm. They want to get, gain, rip back all the gains of the past. They cannot afford it. And therefore, there's going to be a heightened uh, move of class movements, in my opinion, in society, and it'll affect the, not just the working class. The trade union movement's going to be 
turned upside down in the next period. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Labour Party is not going to be isolated from this process. The trade unions were, were, were lagging behind. They can catch up with the, with a vengeance of the rank and file and so on. Become very militant when you have to be. You know, it's okay if you know if capitalism can deliver the goods, everybody's happy. But capitalism, with capitalism, is robbing you left, right, and centre. Then people think, what the hell's going on? And that's the whole point, point that there's been in the period of storm, of stress. And this is going to be, you know, the idea that this is going to be a gentle little transition and you're going to, you know, a nice little reformist politics. There's going to yeah, be upheaval, yeah. you know, upheaval, I would say, big battles. Definitely. And we have to be part of those battles to argue for socialism, not patching up capitalism. That's so been what the, fate, the, the problem, yeah. What, what do you think um, Starmer and the Labour leadership now, how do you think they will respond to this uh, this national crisis? Because uh, obviously you've already got talk of, of some even Tory ministers saying, you know, bring Labour into the government, you know, basically try and smear them with some of the shit that, that Boris Johnson's having to take on the uh, chin at the moment. And then at the same time, as you say, there's no room for reforms. All of the money they're spending today they're going to demand in terms of austerity tomorrow. So there's very little room for manoeuvre on the behalf of Labour, you know. And, and in fact, the, the Tories are actually nominally carrying out policies that John McDonnell himself was offering before the election in terms of this kind of universal basic income, Keynesian measures. So, you know, how can Labour respond to this crisis? That's right. Well, obviously the Tories are doing it to, to, to try and rescue capitalism. Our, our message is to hell with capitalism. Let's take over the banks, not bail them out. Take them over, take over the industries, and plan the economy in the interests of working people under workers' control, democracy, and so on and so forth. That's a, a real alternative. Unfortunately, you have, you have some of the Tories want to embroil Labour in, in some sort of national government or some sort of national initiative, so they'll take the blame. I mean, have we not learned the lesson of the Scottish referendum campaign with, where Labour jumped into bed with the Tories and the Liberals and got smashed in, in, in Scotland? Precisely, that's the whole point. You either got to fight the, your, your corner in, in, in a class way, a socialist way, an independent way, and, uh, and, and expose your enemies and expose these people. How can we have confidence in, in uh, Boris Johnson and his government when they've been the ones who were prepared to carry out this austerity and smash the health service, and, and, and we're completely ill-prepared for this uh, epidemic that, that's followed. So, you know, there's plenty of room for Labour if they wanted to, but of course, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Starmer, he wants to play it clever, he's a statesman and all the rest of it, and uh, I think there'll be a, a, a big backlash in the rank and file, and if there's any attempt to move against cor Corbynism, you know, mm. to, to abandon the left road, I think there'll be a backlash. And on the basis of a crisis, you know, socialist me measures are more relevant now than ever before. That's the point. What are you going to do? Milk and water uh, policies that are going to, you know, Keynes a bit of Keynesianism. This is this is Keynesianism in that sense. The, mm. the, the, the budget deficit is going to go through the roof. They're mm. going to borrow like hell. The only problem is who's going to pay the bill at the end of the day. Mm. And it's the working class who's going to be uh, you're going to be asked to pay the bill with through austerity cuts and, and attacks on, on living standards. But I'm afraid that's going to stir the working class up, isn't it? It's going to increase the con to, to fight and to, to look for a way out. And, you know, the working class is very sober. It'll turn to its organizations. It's already created. It's not to create new ones. What's the point? It'll go to the trade unions and to the trade unions back into the Labour Party itself. That's been the, the history for the last 120 years. Yeah. And therefore, you know, 
that is where the fight is going to be, and we have to play our, our part in arguing these ideas for socialist transformation of society. No messing about, no compromises. As the only solution to the problems facing working people, that's all it is. Well, that, that leads us on to the final question then, because we've actually got quite a lot of people watching at home, uh, obviously very keen to know where next, you know, what to do next. You've seen, as you said, some people have ripped up their cards and walked away. We've got a couple of uh, viewers who've asked, you know, what happens now to the 300,000 people who've joined the party in the last few years because of Corbyn, or the young people who've been inspired by Corbyn, or the people who've been radicalised on the basis of events. You know, what's your message to socialist activists now in terms of, you know, where we go next from here? Well, the first thing, we have to stay and fight. There's no, why give up? Are these, are these people won? <laughs> I don't think so. They've had a bit of a go, they've had a bit of success. But as um, you know, uh, our, my friend, you know, Tony Blair said, the only real way you're going to take the Labour Party back is to expel 300,000 people. That's the way they're looking at, and that's it's a bit you know easier said than done, as we know. But that's uh, they have to purge the Labour Party completely and, and utterly if they're going to try and you know pull it back in the direction they want to go. So there's going to be quite a storm and stress and battles ahead, you know. Of course, the left need to get organised, you know, not just uh, roll over and play, you know, play dead and oh, you know, and so illusions that the, you know, the star leadership's going to be a way out, you know. But we should say we, the left needs to get organised, not like momentum in a bureaucratic top-down way, a democratic mm. rank-and-file left of the of the party, but not just fighting on organisational questions, but fighting for socialism, fighting to change society, fighting to get the Labour Party back is that. A weapon to overthrow capitalism. That's the the real way we got to go, because no way otherwise it's going to be a reformist party. It's going to be a disaster in the Saharas, patching, trying to patch up a diseased bankrupt system, under which is attacking the working class. There's no middle ground there. You know that's the whole point. There's, the middle ground has disappeared fast, and therefore yes, we have to to build up the forces, build up the strength of the left in the constituencies in the party conference in the trade unions as well, because it's not a question simply of the Labour Party. The unions are actually part of this struggle as well. And in that way, to fight for these ideas, we, we have a campaign going on on, on um, restoring Clause 4, a new word version from uh, Tony Ben, which I think is a, a very, very good platform to, to fight on, you know, to re restore the, 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 the real socialist commitment to overthrow capitalism and bring about a democratic socialist society in Britain. That's the vision we need, not tinkering with society. And um, we, we launched this roadshow with seven. In fact, we have to we have to get connect with other left wingers in the party to organise the, the rank and file to no retreat. On the contrary, it's not a question of retreating, but advancing, as I would say. We've got to advance these ideas because these ideas are more relevant now than ever before. And therefore, you know, our, our time is coming in that sense. The idea of a patch of capitalism is gone. Those ideas have been tried and failed, you know, and therefore we should be heartened that we've got the ideas. And if you've got the ideas, you've got the right place at the right time with the right ideas, then you can have a major impact. And that's why, it, you know, these ideas are going to be very relevant in the storms that lie ahead, in the crisis that lies ahead. More and more people, young people, older people, are going to draw the conclusions. We need a fundamental change in society. And they are the people who will come into the trade unions, into the Labour Party, and they will strengthen them. They will be transformed again. Don't worry about that. 
these people will be, you know, are not going to be there for life. They'll be transformed, and the Labour Party will go even further to the left. And I think they'll bring in democratic reforms, yes, to not to allow a, a set of parliamentary uh, gangsters call all the shots. So we want, want to, the rank and the rank and file need to have control over its representatives. Demo, that's democracy, and that's what should should happen as well. So a fight for democracy in the party, accountability, but also the for for bold socialist policies to offer the, the British people something to fight for. And you know, because, uh, more and more people will realise it needs a fundamental change. So that's what we got to got to link into. And you know, socialist people play this this important role as well as Marxists. We understand that uh, you know capitalism cannot be reformed, and some you know, on the, our friends on the left think it can be reformed and think it, it's a, it's an illusion, it's utopian. You know, uh, capitalism is in terminal crisis. It's an organic crisis. It's not going to recover from this. You have to look to the 1930s as, as, as a perspective. And the only way capitalism was able to save itself in the 1930s was a World War II, destroying the productive forces. They can't have a World War now because of nuclear weapons. So it'll be, all these problems will be internalized. So we're in for a very, very convulsive uh, period. But Marxism gives you a compass, gives you a perspective, gives you a, a scientific analysis of what is going on, not just to see, you know, uh, just what's happening tomorrow, but what's the, the long-term trends, how to, to, to fit yourself into them. Above all, it gives you a backbone, you know, what you're fighting for. We don't have to buckle. We, we don't compromise with capitalism. We don't compromise with the, with the representatives of capitalism. We know what we, what we want, and we'll fight for what we want. And in that way, I'd appeal to, to, to uh, viewers, you know, join with us. Join the socialist field. Help us build the, the, the Marxist tendency within the Labour Party to strengthen the left, but give it also a, a backbone of scientific ideas, that can, a real socialist programme that can offer a way out for workers in Britain and internationally for that matter. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Marxist Voice. You can subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, or any major podcast provider, or visit our website at www.socialist.net. And if you're able to, please donate or subscribe online and help support us in the struggle for socialism.